around the time when we grew up that there was a lot of like social things like jokes made on TV about gay people like people would like say like wow that's so gay like like are you homo man they would say that to each other it was like common dialogue that people don't say now but those things really kind of like sit with you and if you are gay they make you think like oh you're wrong and you can't come out and you can't say how you feel because you're going to be judged or hated on or Hello and welcome to another episode of I'm Coming Out, the podcast where people tell me, Johnny Harvey, their coming out stories. And this week's guests are Gabby and Shanna from 27 Travels. Gabby and Shanna are two travel bloggers from New York City. I've been following them for some time now on Instagram and living vicariously through them as they traverse the globe on their far-flung travels. We did the interview remotely, of course, a few weeks back, and we chatted about Shana's Catholic upbringing, experiencing homophobia at home in New York City, their plans to open a cafe and to have a beach house in the Caribbean one day, our shared admiration of Hilary Duff, and lots of other things. This is the first podcast I recorded over Zoom and I wish I had done more trial runs on the platform first. I would have preferred if the audio was better on this one. It's not perfect, but it's pretty decent, I think. You can contact me by emailing me at johnny at imcomingoutpod.com and follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at imcomingoutpod. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating, review and subscribe as it really helps me and other people to discover the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening and here it is. I know you're both New Yorkers, so tell me a little bit more about your backgrounds and what your lives were like growing up. So I grew up in Long Island, which is like the suburbs of New York City. And I actually went to Catholic school my whole life, mainly because my mom is a Catholic school teacher. My family's not really religious at all. It's just my mom always taught in Catholic school. So I guess she sent me and my brother to Catholic school. So I've been to, I've been in Catholic school for elementary school, high school and college as well. Um, so I kind of had that like, I guess like a little bit of a more stricter upbringing just because there was always like religious undertones to it. Mm-hmm. And as far as like acceptance of like, you know, me being gay, like my family has come around over the last 10 years. Like I've been out for 10 years. Like initially, I think it was like difficult for them. But since, you know, as time has passed and things like that, I think that they have come around to it. And like every year, you know, I kind of see them getting more and more like used to it and stuff like that. Mm, It takes time. Yeah. And Gabby, how, how about you? What was your background like? So I'm also, like I mentioned before, I was born in Long Island and my parents got divorced when I was pretty young and I moved in with my dad in Brooklyn, which for me was honestly like a really pivotal pivotal and like really good thing for me because I always felt like in Long Island, I didn't fit in. I was kind of the weird kid and I always was bullied or made fun of, you know? So when I went to, yeah, well, when I went to Brooklyn, it was like a whole different thing because everyone was like more diverse and different. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was like one of the people who were also different. So it was like really great for me. And I always had like, friends from everywhere and all different cultures. And so being in Brooklyn for me was just like an amazing experience, but my family is Jewish, like I'm Jewish and I was raised Jewish. So kind of the opposite (laughs) of Shanna's experience. So, I mean, in terms of my family and me coming out, it took me a really long time to come out just because I think that I always knew that I was gay. Like I can remember, like even like before my parents got divorced, like sneaking into the basement to watch like Logo TV 
to just like watch like but oh. like to watch like different movies and stuff and I just yeah. like kind of knew but I always kind of kept it like repressed I feel like Okay, so when you were sneaking into the basement to watch Logo TV, so Logo TV is the gay and lesbian TV network, isn't that right in the States? Yeah. So what age were you at that time? I was probably like 10, 9, 10. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. So are your family quite religiously conservative as well, uh, also, or... Um, so no, not really at all. I would say my dad's side is a little bit more religious as they're more okay. like Jewish. But, but at the same time, when my parents got divorced, basically all religion went out the window. Like anything they had raised us with oh, saying like be religious, they just completely gave up on. So for me, I think that's probably a good thing in terms of like my coming out and all yeah. the stuff that goes with it. Yeah, it's very narrow set of parameters that religions uh, give you to live within, isn't it? So sorry, Shanna, Shanna has the dark hair, doesn't she? I keep I'm mixing you up, sorry. <laughs> sorry, so Shanna, so what was your awareness of homosexuality when you were growing up? So I think like a lot of people our age can kind of relate to this, which is that we didn't have a lot of representation growing up. Like I grew up in the early 2000s. That's when I was like in like elementary school and high school, things like that. So there was really no representation in the media. So I didn't really like know anyone who was gay, especially because I went to Catholic school. It was not really talked about at, at all. If someone was gay, I didn't know it. Like I literally had no idea because like either they weren't, they weren't out or maybe they were hiding it, whatever. So I didn't really like even fathom the idea that I could be gay. Like I had boyfriends and stuff, but I never really like wanted to do anything with them. Like I never wanted to kiss them or hold their hand, but I just thought that was like a me problem, not really anything else. Um, and then when I got to college, um, I remember I was in my Christian marriage class because that's the kind of classes you have to take when you go to Catholic college. And they Christian were talking about like- class. What, so, Oh, sorry, yes. sorry. What happens in a Christian marriage? Because I, I went to Catholic school, obviously being Irish. Oh, I did, okay. I haven't been to a Christian marriage class. What happens <laughs> in one of these? I mean, I think it was just kind of, it was like an elective for religion. So I'm not sure how like it works in Ireland, but like mm -hmm. in the States, like there are certain like required classes you have to take, but then there's also like electives, which are like, you can kind of pick and choose specifics on things that maybe you're interested about. So one of the religion electives was Christian marriage. So I don't know. I don't really remember why I took it, but I did. Mm -hmm. Basically in the class, it was just supposed to give like advice on like having a good Christian marriage, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I remember in one of the classes we were talking about same-sex marriage and the professor was saying like in the eyes of God a same-sex marriage is like an a minus and a heterosexual marriage is like an a plus and I remember just thinking like oh well if I'm gay like I'll just hide it like I can fake it it's fine and then I remember thinking like wait why am I even like thinking that like in the first place like how was that thought even coming into my head so and after that I kind of like was like maybe I'm gay but at that point like I said there was no representation anywhere like mm. I always thought that like women who were gay had to be butch or had to be masculine or mm. things like that which I wasn't like I'm not extremely feminine but I, I still like wearing makeup mm. like you know things like that so I really mm. didn't feel I could be gay because I never saw anyone that looked like me so then I remember I went on YouTube and I found like a bunch of YouTubers who were gay and who looked feminine and I was like oh my god this is me like the, the, the things they were talking about were things I like really identified with and then it was then I was like 19 at the time that I really was like okay this is literally what I am I realized that I was lesbian so going back there to your lecturer or professor who was saying that in the eyes of God that a heterosexual marriage or a gay marriage is 
where is he taking that reference from? Because that that's not in the Bible. You know, I, I know. I mean, I I don't know. I just remember that that is that was like an, like an awakening moment for me. Like yeah. I don't really remember why. Like I think someone asked a question in class about that, and that's like how the professor responded, basically. But yeah, there's also like things in the Bible, like you know, not to get a tattoo and don't get mm. a divorce and no cheating, like all of these things that are in the Bible that are actually there that people just are like, oh yeah, like we don't care about that now. But same sex marriage, no, 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 that one we we're a stickler on that one. Yeah, in the Bible, you can't eat shrimp either, or you can't wear, <laughs> you can't wear mixed fabric. So um, there's a there's a whole lot of sinning going on out there. Yes, a yeah, lot. But it's we can't even be entirely sure that Jesus did exist. But even if he did exist, there is no record of him speaking against or saying anything negative about gay people. So Gabby, how about you? What was your awareness of homosexuality when you were growing up? I mean, I feel like I was aware of it, but I also was in the same position as Shanna where like I'd never saw any representation that looked like me or that I really truly related to in terms of like my sexuality. So I feel like especially around the time I was coming out, a lot of that didn't exist. I mean, like I do sometimes think like, oh, if it was 2021 and I was like watching all of these shows, like we've been watching the wilds on prime and there is such great like representation in that show that I'm like, if I was like, 16 and I had seen this I would have immediately been like oh that's me like I'm just like that you know but it didn't mm. exist so I kind of never had that experience I feel like I always was just repressing things and trying to like not think about it like I, I think I never thought about it when people would be like oh like you don't like that guy I'd be like I'm not interested like you know like I'm not mm. interested in relationships that's like not me that's not a me thing like mm. you know maybe one day but not now you know or I'd always be trying to put on like this facade of like oh yeah like that actor, he's really cute or things that I didn't actually think or believe, but just to kind of like hide myself a little bit. I don't know. So it took me till I was a little bit older. So I was like 19 to kind of even start like telling people that I was gay. But I always remember that I, one of my best friends who's still one of my best friends now, we were like sitting in a pizza place once and I was like, like 15 maybe. And she was just like, listen, you don't have to tell me, but like, I know you're gay, but you don't have to tell me. But when you do tell me one day, like I accept you completely, like I don't care at all. So we never have to talk about it. And I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about, but like, okay. But of course she was hundred percent, right? Like she knew me well enough to be able to say that about me without any judgment and be like, I don't care. Like you can like whoever you like, and you can pretend that you don't like those people if that's how you feel. But when you decide to tell me, like, I'm fine with it. You don't even have to tell me. How did you feel about that at the time? At the time, I was like, oh, no, like, that's not true. Not at all. Like, you know, but I know you'll accept me no matter what mm. I do. Like, you're a great friend, basically. But then I kind of like even shouldered that because at the time I wasn't anywhere near ready to come out. Like, I felt like all of my friends, especially in high school, um, wouldn't have understood. And I didn't have anyone to look up to, whether it was in media or in my own social groups to be like, OK, like, mm. I'll be fine if I come out. Like, I was, of course, afraid of how I was going to be treated and mm. like if I would lose a lot of friends based on my coming out. And that's why LGBTQ education is so important in schools, because that keeps coming up time and time again when I'm interviewing people. So many people say that they would have figured out who they were much earlier on if they had, you know, had examples of gay people or if they'd learned about gay people earlier on. But I would have thought maybe both of you guys being New Yorkers, were you not surrounded by a lot of gay people and a lot of gay culture when you guys were growing up? I mean, I definitely wasn't. I mean, even being from New York with the culture being in the city, I feel like when you're 
I don't know, a young person going to school in Long Island or Brooklyn, you're not exactly mm. experiencing that. And I mean, I think especially around the time when we grew up, it, there was a lot of like social things, like jokes made on TV about gay people. Like people would like mm. say like, wow, that's so gay. Like, like, are you homo, man? They would say that to each other. Mm. It was like common dialogue that people don't say now, but those things really kind of like sit mm. with you. And if you are gay, they make you think like, oh, you're wrong and you can't come out and you can't say how you feel because you're going to be judged or hated on or yeah like I think that all that stuff like you know the that's gay or that's homo or whatever I think it was all jokes like I don't like I, I think a lot of people who said those things are not really homophobic people but that's just what you said you know back when back what when we were growing up but when you're feeling like that could be you it makes you feel like okay well this person like might not accept me this person if they're saying this they probably think this way even though now like looking back on it I think it was just people kind of following and what's trending or whatever but like mm. when you're when you feel like that could be you 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 feel like maybe the people around you won't accept you and you feel like you have to hide it which unfortunately that's how we both felt growing up yeah and I felt like whenever especially that would happen in my friend group a lot and I think for a long time I was just repressing knowing that I was gay but I felt like every time I heard one of those comments I would like recede even more into myself and it, mm. it made me really like sad and depressed at the time like being a teenager you're already sad and depressed so just add trying to come out into that and you know yeah and it's it's really important that we hear from people like you guys and hear about why it's so important that people don't use gay as a pejorative term because I felt the same it was horrible to hear growing up that people were using it as a synonym for lame or horrible or ridiculous or crap or whatever and it was really really hurtful you know it's just and it was so common during the noughties it was really common on British and Irish media as well I used to hear it on the radio one DJ in particular who used to use it a lot but um yeah hopefully that's dying out now I occasionally hear kids sometimes saying it like when you're walking past a group of school kids on the street but yeah it's really because you couldn't say that about any other minority group and rightly so and it's really upsetting to think that that was acceptable for so long so when you guys were figuring out your sexuality, did you guys, did either of you go through a, were you accepting of it or did you go through a period of fighting against it? I think for me, like once I realized I was gay, I accepted it because mm. I think that for so long, I thought that something was like wrong with me because mm. Um, you know, all my friends were talking about guys all the time and they would always ask me why I didn't have a boyfriend or things like that. So I always felt like it was something that was wrong with me. And then once I realized I was gay, I was like, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, I'm fine. Like, I'm just gay. So that made me feel better. But it also like took me a while to tell the people around me. So when I first came out, I told my best friend first, who I knew would be supportive of it because she was, she's my best friend and she still is my best friend to this day. Um, and then I told my mom. And then after that, I oh, didn't wait, you're really jumping tell... ahead of me. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry, Shanna. I haven't got to the coming out bit yet. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, we'll come back to that. So, so you didn't go through a really long questioning period then? No, not me. Mm. No, I like, once I realized it, I was like, cool, yeah, figured and, it out. <laughs> and you were quite accepting of it as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just because I like, I just felt like for so long that there was something wrong with me. And then once I realized, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm just gay. I was like, oh, like that made me feel better. Mm. And how about you, Gabby? Yeah, I feel like I went through a long questioning period and it was more, 
it was less like me questioning my sexuality and more like me just Mm. trying to ignore it. I feel like, I feel like I I did a lot of things to try and just like avoid the truth. Like when I knew the truth, like, I don't think I ever was really truly questioning my sexuality. I think I knew, but I think I was just so like, didn't want that to be me that I just like tried everything or just like, I don't know. I just avoided it, which is a different thing. I mean, like I would even like watch logo TV or read books with gay characters and then still be like, this is me, but it's not me, you know? And I just, right. it took me a while to come to terms with it. And then when I did, like everything changed for me. When you mentioned there that you tried lots of different things to avoid it, can you tell me a little bit more about that? I would just literally try to not think about my sexuality almost at all. When friends would get boyfriends, I'd be like, oh, that's nice. But like, you know, I'm not interested. Or Mm. I mean, there was points where I would even like friends would set up like dates for me with guys and I would like fully go on the date. It would be a great date. I would kiss them and I would feel nothing and I would dump them. And I would be like, oh, it's because like he was a little weird. You know, I didn't like his hair. Like like every excuse in the book just to like dump all of these guys that I went on one date with. And while still not completely admitting that it was me and that I was actually gay. And so my favorite question I'm going to ask you guys now. So I'm determined to ask everyone this to make up for all of those closeted years when I couldn't talk about my crushes. So who did you really fancy when you were before you came out of the closet? Like who were your teen crushes that you couldn't share with anybody? I mean, I don't know if this is like a crush necessarily, but like I am the kind of person who always gets really obsessed with like female TV characters. So like I was really obsessed with like the show One Tree Hill or Lost or like things like that. And I would always be very obsessed with like the female leads or like one of the female leads, for example. So so much to the point where like I knew everything about like the actress who like played those people so I don't know if it was necessarily like a crush but like I remember all my friends would be like oh like why are you not obsessed with like the guy character or whatever and I'd be like I don't know I just like really like the girl character or whatever so for me I'm not sure if like I can't think of like a crush that I had but I definitely remember being like super obsessed with all female tv show characters (laughs) okay cool so you like certain characteristics of their personalities and Yeah. And I think that like, I just like got so obsessed with them that like my friends were like, why are you like, like, don't you think that guy's hot? And I'd be like, yeah, but I just like her better or something. I don't know. They're real naughty shows. I actually haven't seen either of them. I know both of them. (laughs) So how about you, Gabby? Oh my God. It's so hard. I don't know. It's hard to think back and be like, who did I have a crush on at the time? I remember... Well, everyone makes fun of me, Shanna in particular, because I was extremely obsessed with Hilary Duff, you know, oh, from like the Lizzie McGuire. Hilary's cute. And Hilary Duff, actually, on that note, she did an advertisement years ago, like an anti-homophobic language advert, yeah. didn't she? Which was really cool. She did. And I loved that. And I was just obsessed with her. But also, I don't know if that was, I, I still feel like it's not a crush. It's more like I just like love her and like, mm-hmm. just like her as a celebrity. But I do remember when um, Orange is the New Black came out, I was like mm-hmm. extremely obsessed with Ruby Rose, like to the point of like, I just like loved her. And I was like, yeah, she's like my number one crush. But I don't know. I feel like over time, there's probably like tons of random like different women I had crushes on but I mean I was repressing my feelings so there's like a certain amount of like me not admitting it to myself that like it's hard for me to think back and be like who was my crush at the time okay I don't know Ruby Rose so I'm googling oh yeah she is pretty yeah oh I recognize her (laughs) I think she's Australian nobody else then no 
I don't know. I don't think so. I think because like, kind of like Gabby, like I just didn't think I was gay for so long that like, I never had, like, I never even oh, okay. like thought to like a girl, like actress or, you know, celebrity or something in that way. I don't know. But then like, obviously now I definitely have celebrity crushes. Like Margot Robbie is like my number one. She is beautiful. Oh, from, she was in the, she's the Australian actress who was in the Wolf of Wall Street. I think she's British. But is she Australian? I thought she was British. She oh, maybe I could be wrong. Yeah, she's very pretty. Yeah. Yes. And she's also uh, like Harley Quinn and stuff in the DC, mm. all the DC movies. Because like when anyone asks me that question, still to this day, it, it feels like I'm like releasing steam. I can finally talk about my crushes. And most of them, mine were actually, you guys are too young to remember. A lot of mine were like American 90s kind of teen idols, like Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Andrew. Oh my, God. my best friend is still to this day obsessed with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> How did you guys, I know this is a very broad question and the coming out process means different things to different people and it's ongoing throughout your life, but how did you go about your own individual coming out processes to your friends and families? So I told my best friend and my mom first, just because I felt like I knew my best friend would accept me. I wasn't sure about my mom, but she, I knew she'd be the most accepting person in my family. So I figured, and I knew that even if she wasn't accepting, she would still love me no matter what. So I knew that I could tell her. And then that felt like a huge weight off my chest. Once I told my best friend and my mom, Mm. I was like, cool. Then after that, it took me a while to kind of tell the other people in my life, like the rest of my family and friends and stuff, because I think I was still kind of figuring things out. And also like, I wanted to take that time for me because I think we can all relate that like, once you're gay, like you were hiding this part of you for so long that you want to like, you know, do figure it out more before you start like, I don't know, telling people. So Um, that's what I did. And then it took me probably about like a year or so to tell like the rest of the people in my life. And it wasn't that I necessarily didn't think that they'd be supportive. It was just more like I wanted to, you know, figure things out for myself first, but I actually didn't tell the rest of my family until I started dating Gabby because they're actually very conservative politically. So they had said things in the past that, um, were homophobic or made me feel like they wouldn't be accepting of it. So I always felt like if I um, had a girlfriend, when I told them that they would take it more seriously. Okay. Um, so I basically like Gary has, was my first like serious girlfriend. So it mm. took until I started dating her five years ago for me to tell the rest of my family. And like, you know, they had like some mixed responses. Like no one was really like mean or anything or okay. like threatened to, you know, kick me out of me at that point. I was already living on my own. So like, they couldn't have really done that, but like, okay. it was just more like, they were disappointed and like scared for me, I guess. But like I said, I've been out for 10 years now. So since that time, they've kind of like gotten more like accepting of the idea. Okay, so there's beginning to grow and develop and learn more about gay people and gay culture. Is that fair to say? I wouldn't say that they're learning more about it. I would just say that like there were things that they've said in the past, Mm. like for example, like, my grandma was like, I don't think that gay people should get married, but I'll come to your wedding. Like things like that, where, where I'm like, I'm the exception to them. And I think like, 
of course, politics in the United States has been crazy the, like mm, the last yes. four years, even before that. So we've had a lot of discussions or arguments about policies that personally affect me as a gay person. And I feel like when I explain to them why this personally affects me, they're like, oh, well, that's not right. But they still are voting for people who don't align with those things that they're saying to me. But I think that they, it just is taking time and there's like, slowly starting to realize oh well this is discrimination against you or things right. like that so i mean it's still a process and i don't expect it to be perfect i'm not like really super super mm -hmm. close with my family because of that but like i still see them i still love them they still love me it's just where i don't like you know call them every day or things like that yeah it's just so polarized and so divided in america isn't it it feels like well obviously you can't compare because ireland's only four million whereas america is such <laughs> a huge huge country but it is just like this split down the middle and there's literally very... like over the last four years like i used to be able to at least talk to my family about things but now everything turns into like an argument instantly it's like mm -hmm. it's crazy but i'm hoping that things will get better soon <laughs> So how about you, um, Shana? How, oh, sorry, Gabby. How about you, Gabby? How did you go about the coming out process? So basically for me, it was kind of like a whirlwind. I basically kissed a girl for the first time. And then after that, it was like something I could not contain. It was like the minute I kissed a girl for the first time and I felt all the feelings that I like that you're supposed to feel. I was like, oh, this is me and I can't live like I like I can no longer live hiding who I am at all. So basically after that, it was like I just like couldn't stop saying that I was gay. It was basically like, I'm talking to a friend one day, she's talking about her boyfriend and I'm just like, I'm gay, cool. All right, so so basically like I just, every person, every time I saw someone, I like came out to them and it was just like a whirlwind of me coming out. And then I was just like completely out because like for me, before I met Shanna, I was already out to my whole entire family. Mm. Like I had just like literally like once like the bandaid was pulled off, for me, it was like completely pulled off. I was like, I can no longer live a lie, feeling miserable about who I am. Like I wanted to get out there. I wanted to date people. It, it just like was the minute it happened for me, it like really happened. And I was like 100% in and like being who I am. It was just such a release. Yeah, I felt like so um, relieved and I felt like I could actually be who I am. And I felt like the ha like, I feel like once that happened for me, I felt like I could finally be happy and be the person I actually am. And I like never looked back at that part of my life, like, and how I felt at that time. Mm. So. And so what age were you at this point? Maybe 19, I feel okay, like so around you that were time. Out of high school then? Uh, yeah, I was probably like my first year of college sort of situation okay. at that point. Okay, cool. Yeah, because it's just so much tension in the lead up to it, isn't it? And then it is just such a, you know, let go when you actually do come out. It's just a huge, huge release. And so when you guys are traveling, so you guys have been to a lot of countries at this point. So have you experienced any homophobia or any, any homophobic cultures anywhere you visited? So this is a question that that we get a lot and I would say it really depends um, on where you're going obviously and it doesn't necessarily depend always on the laws of like of that country like for example we always say that we face the most discrimination in the United States where being gay is legal and same-sex marriage is legal meanwhile we've been to countries like the Philippines for example where same-sex marriage is not legal, but the people there were so nice and so welcoming okay. and so kind to us. And we felt like we could be ourselves there. So it really depends, but 
when traveling, we always recommend that everyone just does their research on the laws of the country um, for homosexuality and same-sex marriage, things like mm. that, just so that before you travel somewhere, you know what to expect. But it's not always the case that you can go somewhere. Like, for example, if you look up the laws of the United States, you would be like, oh, this is a very accepting place. But mm. it's not always the case. Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting thing because like, I feel like the worst homophobic experiences we've ever had have actually been pretty close to home. Like we had uh, a really bad experience happen to us when we were at like a pub- public pool nearby and, and things like that that have happened to us over time, like being in a relationship, like mm. we've been kicked out of establishments, but like in New York City. Yeah. So so Maybe. that is like a crazy thing that has happened to us more than a few times where we're like, whenever people ask that question, we're like, well, when we think back, some of our worst like ex- experiences have actually been like near where we live and considering that this is such an accepting place I think that Mm. it just has to do with us constantly being out here and being here the most often and I also think that like like part of our privilege as us is that we are two feminine presenting women so we can actually hide the fact that we're in a relationship when we're traveling if we feel unsafe like if we don't hold hands or don't kiss most people will just assume that we're friends or cousins and that is a privilege of ours because we can actually disguise the fact that we're in a relationship Mm. so a lot of times like if we feel like like unsafe we just won't show that we're a couple so I feel like a lot of times maybe we're not fully experiencing you know homophobia because Mm. maybe we're like not showing that we're a couple Mm. that's such a shock to hear about New York City I know I mean you Mm. wouldn't think it like and also it happened in the theater district like one of like (laughs) one one of them yeah one of them I know it's just I I think it's mostly because we live here so we spend a lot of our time here which gives more opportunity for those things to happen you know what I mean like that kind of makes sense to us like Mm -hmm. I feel like if we were traveling somewhere for a few months and we live somewhere for a few months like probably something similar would happen just because I feel like Mm -hmm. unfortunately there are still homophobic people everywhere in the world and I think it's just a matter of you know avoiding them or whatever that Yeah. I mean, our advice to people when traveling is always to just like be aware of your surroundings. I mean, like even what we're saying, our privilege to be able to disguise our relationship if we need to is only done because we're paying attention to our surroundings. And if we're in a situation where we feel unsafe, then we'll do that. Of course, we wish we lived in a world where we didn't have to do that at all. We would love to 100% authentically outwardly be ourselves all the time. But sometimes for safety reasons, that's not something that we always are able to do. And I think when we're in New York, we are that way, which is why we have experienced some homophobia closer to home, because we are authentically being ourselves all the time living in a city like New York City. Mm. I know it might be painful to speak about, but can you tell me a little bit more about those homophobic experiences in New York City? It's okay. I totally understand if you don't want to, though. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. So we've had, I would say, I could think of like three, like ones that were like really bad. So uh, one time we were at a public pool near our apartment um, in Brooklyn and Gabby and I were just in the pool hugging. There was a bunch of kids who were also hugging and doing other things like, like younger we were swimming kids. and yeah. we like hugged each other basically and a mom was there with her young daughter and said you know my daughter's only five years old and she's watching you and me and gabby were like okay like okay and and she yeah. was like well she's she's only five and i was like okay and then she was like you know saying a little bit more and i was like oh if you have a problem like nothing we're doing is wrong I'll go get a lifeguard and you could tell the lifeguard your problem. And then she was like, whatever. And then she kind of like stopped talking about it. So that was a 
something that happened mm -hmm. like um, later on in our relationship where we had kind of already dealt with some homophobic comments in the past where we actually stood up for ourselves. And that was probably the first time I think that we actually did that. Yeah. And I mean, that situation was really interesting too, because basically after that, we, we kind of like, we didn't want to feel uncomfortable. We didn't want to leave because someone had been like publicly rude to us in front of everyone. But at the same time, after a while, we were kind of just like, okay, like the joy of this experience is like gone for us. Yeah, like, yeah. We're going to leave. So we go to the locker room and we're like changing into like our dry clothes. And this other woman comes up to us and she basically is like, Hey, like, thank you for like standing up for yourselves. Like, you know, like you're like, like I support your love. Like, you know, like my young son was there with me and he recently came out to me and I was so happy that he could see somebody in his community stand up for himself. Oh, that's like it's, so it's cool. like so powerful and meaningful yeah. to me. And that made us so happy because we were like, wow, like, you know, like we clearly faced someone being extremely rude to us and homophobic and actually something good came out of it. That's really heartening to hear that response of that woman who approached you in the changing rooms, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, in the mm. beginning of our relationship, we were somewhere in the theater district, and I think we had like kissed, right? And this mm. woman basically came up to us and was like, you know, like, you can't do that in our bar. No, no, she didn't say that. She said that someone was complaining about us kissing in the bar. And this was like when we had first started dating. And this is a bar in the theater district of New York City. And we were like, okay. And then she like, kind of like walked away. And then we were like, not sure what to do because that was the first time that it like ever happened to us. So nowadays, if that happened, I would straight up tell her, we're not doing anything wrong. You could tell your yeah. customer if they don't like it, they can leave or whatever, something like that. But because that was the first time it happened to us, we just were like, okay. And then mm. we like, didn't know what to say. Yeah. And then we felt like really weird about it because we felt like we wanted to obviously stand up for ourselves. Like, yeah. you know, in retrospect, thinking about what had happened, like the moment that had passed, we were like, oh, well, maybe we should have like, said more yeah really mm. yeah I mean I know it takes it's, it takes a lot to stand up for yourself in those situations and it can kind of really you know ruin the moment but I mean it's it's better than maybe in like certain situations if you're out late at night and you're on the street and you're you know you're experiencing homophobia from some really shady kind of menacing character as well and you can't really it's too much of a risk to stand up for yourself though isn't it when you're in those situations but that's yeah. just so mind-blowing for me to hear because that's just totally not what I associate New York with at all like yeah. New York is I think for everyone around the world it's all you know it's known for it's you know, being really liberal and for its acceptance. And yeah, so, but of course, you know, homophobia, it exists, unfortunately, everywhere. And you guys in the future, what are your, once hopefully when we get beyond this pandemic, if we ever do at this stage, what are your plans for your blog and for traveling in the future? So, I mean, we're the kind of people that kind of just like go with the flow. Like we don't have a lot of like strict plans for a lot of things because we just like live in the moment and like see where things go. That's just like how we are. But one of our like dreams is that one day we want to um, have a house on the beach and have a oh. beach cafe. <laughs> oh, cool. That's so nice. And so where do you have like, is this, do you have a particular location in mind or... Well, Gabby's family is from Curacao, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with because um, if so, it's basically an island in the Caribbean that's owned by the Dutch, wow. but um, her dad was born there. Her grandma still lives there and all of her aunts and uncles still live there. So we travel there every year. So we know Curacao really well. So that would probably be um, like, I don't know if we would like live in Curacao full time, but we definitely want to have like a beach house and 
um, like open up like a cafe or something one day. Yeah. And I think of course we want to be able to travel more, especially once COVID is over. Like I'm looking forward to being able to travel without having to worry about like safety procedure and maybe like meet more people while we're traveling too, that we can like, yeah grow to know and like have like cool experiences with because I think this year has been kind of very hard to like make new friends and stuff yeah and I think just because like travel is like such a huge part of our lives that like to like of course we've adapted and we did some Mm. road trips and things like that but like like we truly love traveling to a new country or a new place and experiencing that culture and meeting local people and things like that and we didn't really get to do that at all this year when this year was like like we had so many plans to travel to so many new places and things like that. So I think for mm-hmm. us, like we're definitely not done traveling yet. We have so many more places that we want to visit and so many more trips that we want to do. Cool. Well, I hope everything works out with your plan for your cafe in the, the Caribbean. <laughs> Is that, uh, that's, uh, that's like way down the line. Okay, at some that point. sounds like paradise. And where uh, out of all the places you've been, where's your favorite place to go? Where's like top of the list of destinations you've visited? This is so hard. I could obviously get this question all the time. Um, I feel Sorry, like it's I such really love. Basic loved... question. No, no, no. But it's it's it's, 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 a, great, basic, it's a great question. So... We just no, you're not. We just don't <laughs> like it, it, it. It's so hard to like come up with a, a like answer. It's because like I really feel like we love every single place that we've been for different really? reasons. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like our answer to this is always changing. One, because yeah. we both have different opinions yeah. on the answer. And okay. two, because every time we go somewhere new, we're like, well, now that's our favorite place. So I really <laughs> feel like for me, South Africa was like one of those places where oh, we okay. had like a once in a lifetime experience. We got to go on a safari. And because we were on a trip where we got like toured around the country, we got to see like a lot of like really cool things and hear from local people about what it's like to live there and what the LGBTQ community is like there. So I feel like for me, South Africa really stood out as like Mm. something that I never thought we would ever get to do. And we had the opportunity to go like on a safari and see so many animals in their like, Mm. like natural habitat. So like for me, South Africa is like a really big standout but there's so many other places that I love that we've been to. Yeah. I mean, it was a really epic trip and we were also there with Nitsako travel. So it's like, it was literally like a queer travel group and everybody was queer. So we made a lot of like amazing. Yeah. It was so cool. We made lots of like amazing friends too. So that made that experience just like Mm. completely different than anything else we've done. But, you know, I also loved when we went to Italy, that was like a really great trip. And I feel like we want to do a lot more around Europe and just other Mm. places we haven't been able to go yet. Yeah. Because it's funny because Gabby and I have, Yes, we yeah, so so want to come so we bad. Come so yeah. bad. <laughs> Say hi. Because we've been like separately, we've both been to Europe a lot, but we haven't mm. been to Europe like hardly at all. Together. I think we only went to Italy together. So like oh, we've both okay. seen a lot of Europe, but like not with each other. So we want to like go back. Cool. So my, I'll tell you my top three travel destinations. So this sounds quite weird. I'm not really a big traveler actually, because I'm just really old and grumpy. And I don't like, I really don't like planes. I'm really neurotic about planes actually, because the last one I was on couldn't land because of the weather was so turbulent. So I'm just not good with planes. But I really would like to go to Iceland is like top. Mm. So, and then Denmark and then, but it's so far away. I'm really interested in going to Tokyo at some point. Yeah, that's Gabby's like dream place. That's one of the places I want to go to so badly. Yeah. I'm dying to go to like Tokyo and yeah. just everywhere in Japan. But um, yeah. what was I going to say? What's come to my mind in the last few minutes? So Gabby, you've got the more blonde hair. I'm coming to the end of the interview and I'm just figuring out the, the names now. <laughs> so do you know who you really, really remind me of? Who? 
you know this author i buy her books and she's a new yorker and her name is gabby as well has anyone else mentioned <laughs> this to you no you no know gabrielle bernstein isn't that her name gabrielle bernstein. i'm gonna google Sh her. shanna's gonna google it <laughs> okay i'll and she's like a new age positive thinker kind of oh yeah person. she's a motivational speaker i see oh yeah kind I of i can see that yeah yeah that's so funny i never heard of her before this you look so like her like because i watched those videos <laughs> of her speaking and just whilst i've been interviewing you for the last hour i felt like it was her speaking back to me the whole time uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do kind of look like her. Yeah. I see the I see the resemblance. Yeah, you see, I'm not just imagining it. I'm not just like la 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 la. There is a bit of a <laughs> resemblance there. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for chatting with me today. It's been I've really really enjoyed talking to you over the last hour. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having us. This was so much fun to talk about our coming out experience and things like that because it's not something that we really talk about mm. all that often. I feel like so it's nice to actually get to. Good. have some conversations about that yeah and we have to come visit you in ireland that's yeah, for sure definitely. yes ireland I... okay wait i need to tell you something okay yeah. so do you know the show love island yes yes so the, okay. the english one i don't watch it but my mother is obsessed with it okay because my favorite contestant is from ireland and her name is maura higgins and oh. i like she was she's she's literally one she's another one of my like celebrity crushes i like love okay. her Okay, I'll tell my mother that because my mom is so. Okay. My mom is like a you know seventy year old Irish mammy, and she is obsessed with Love Island. She even watches <laughs> the repeats of it, and I think. Oh my god. So is is it because Maura Higgins? They've written like loads of think pieces about her here, and Amy Schumer is a really big fan of hers, and Lena yeah. Dunham because apparently she's a real feminist and she stands yes up that's why i love her she's like values. very like fiery she's yeah. like very fiery feminist like you know stands up for like what she believes in and things like that so i've like loved her since her season of love island yeah no i will i, I will pass that information on to my mother because <laughs> my mother will be very happy to hear that there are other love island fans out there right across the world because i am yes. not really that big into it and yeah best of luck with everything and look after yourselves over there and yeah take care yes, see you guys bye, bye.